Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip podcast. My guest today is Danny Beitor. Uh, Danny is a successful real estate investor, educator, and consultant. He has a he has a background in engineering and high tech, but after graduating, he decided to pursue his passion in real estate investing. Since 2002, he has been actively involved in the U.S. real estate market, working with investors on their transactions in various markets across the country. During the 2008 market crash, he decided to start his own company called Simply Do It, where he has since helped over 3,500 investors with all aspects of the investing process. Danny is, is highly dedicated to learning and constantly improving his, inve- his investing strategies to ensure his clients and students invest carefully and successfully. So this is going to be an excellent conversation today. Love talking real estate. Danny, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure, my friend. Thanks for being, thanks for inviting me. Love to be here. I love it. So do me a favor. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what makes you so amazing. Well, um, I've, I've been uh, born in Israel and grew up in Israel, did the three-year mandatory uh, Israeli uh, military service in the Special Forces, and uh, started my uh, path as an engineer in Israel, you know, the Israeli high-tech. And as I was going through that, I just realized this is not uh, not the path I would like to take. It's A, boring, and B, I realized it's not going to put me on the path to... Uh, to um, Financial, let's just say financial empowerment. I don't, I don't like the term freedom or all of that. So mostly I want to make sure I'm not putting a lot of hours in the Israeli high tech, benefiting some employer instead of putting those time and energy into my own life. Um, that's how I started. That's how I kind of led me through finding real estate, U.S. real estate, while living in Tel Aviv, Israel. Purchased my first house while in Tel Aviv in uh, around 2002 uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. And then in 2004, I decided I want to pursue this uh, full time. I want to immerse myself in real estate. And I just packed the bags and my wife and we took our suitcases and flew like good immigrants to the US, hoping everything will be fine. That was uh, 19 years ago. And uh, I love it. You know, I love these immigrant stories. You know, um, my parents were immigrants to this country as well. And one of the interesting things about working during that heyday of startups and stock options and everyone just throwing all kinds of FU money at, at each other was that not everyone benefited 
from it, right? I, I was involved with at least three startups where I was promised stock options and all these kind of benefits and none of them materialized. I couldn't do anything with those stock options because they ended up being, you know, horrible ideas. So it's not something you can necessarily take to the bank. Some people, God bless them. They make a lot of money at it and they're blessed and, you know, they help out their communities. But for others, it's time to do your own thing. So I really appreciate you articulating that. Uh, but tell me something, why, uh, what was the main draw that brought you though into the real estate market? Was it just that, because this isn't a get rich quick scheme, you know, it's definitely something that you have to do work on. You have to build up your portfolio and, you know, especially for someone who comes from another country, it's not necessarily very intuitive to do right? You know, there is a fair amount of training that goes into it. You know, there are certain things you need to know. It's not impossible. Millions of people do it every day, but what was your reason for getting into it? And what would you say were some of the biggest challenges, you know, especially when you were starting out so long ago, you know, just to figure out the pieces on how to make it work for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. In a way you already answered uh, without even realizing uh, exactly what drove me into real, real estate and maybe U.S. real estate. Uh, you mentioned uh, the get rich quick kind of a scheme or plan. I did know, I had no idea. I still don't, by the way, how to get rich quick, right? I know some people have a magic uh, formula or they're really good at it. I am not one of those people. But one thing I did realize at an early age is exactly that. I told myself, Danny, do you know how to get rich quick? I said, no. All right, how about you try and work on the other option, get rich slow, and that's why I wanted with a pursue the get rich slow kind of a formula. Real estate, especially leverage real estate and long term real estate fits into that model very well. And I love that the fact that it comes with a relatively high and sorry, relatively lower risk. So for me, the combination of um, long term get rich slow with leverage and with lower risk was the main draw to real estate. And when I looked at back then, around the, the early 2000s, U.S. real estate versus the Israeli real estate, I just I could just see how the the U.S. real real estate is so much more attractive as someone who's investing with all the complexities and challenges. You know, and I, many times I tell it to my clients from Israel. You know, when you're investing in another country, you have you know, it's not about speaking English. It's about speaking American. That's two different things, right? People don't understand that. It's different time zone, which makes it more difficult. Laws, culture, regulation, um, you know, uh, how things are, you know, structured or processed or streamlined and people are involved in regulation. So different in so many ways. And it was very difficult at first to do it, you know, remotely. You know, I bought my first house completely sight unseen. Google was a startup. You mentioned it uh, earlier. Google was a startup. We only had MapQuest, no Zillow, no all those public records. None of this was exist beyond just going on the map and looking where Phoenix was, right? I didn't even know where Phoenix was. You know, in my mind, I knew the somewhere in the Southwest, but that's about it. So I had to overcome all those obstacles or gaps. I like to call them those gaps in order to get to the point that, uh, that I, I invest myself and I did, there was a one point that I was researching and researching and researching, you know, the, the probably the traditional, uh, you know, analysis paralysis. And I remember asking myself, are you a talker, Danny, 
or worker. That's a conversation I had with myself after about a year and a half or so of just reading and trying to figure out and trying to make a decision and being fearful. And there was no, remember, there's also no, no support system around you. In Israel back then, there were no real estate investment clubs. There's no Facebook groups, no groups, right? Nobody's doing it. I was very much, you know, like a man on an island with maybe some other people are on islands around me, but I can't even see them. I can't find them. And not only that, people tell you, don't do it. You'll be cheated. You know, all negative, right? A lot of advice from a lot of people, especially people who have no experience, but they are giving free advices all the time. So I had to overcome all those obstacles, all those challenges. You know, I had to put the blinders here, the earplugs here, just to stay focused and get it done. Because otherwise, yeah. You know, I love that story because basically, uh, because basically what happens is that you're right. When, you know, when we started out doing all this stuff, we didn't have all these great tools that we have today. Right. And it makes it really interesting, you know, to be able to utilize these tools. I mean, it, it went from, you know, there's one main tool that you can use. Now there's six. Right? right. And one of the things I find, you know, just in my business and digital marketing, but also in real estate investing in general, is that, you know, like you have like five or six different providers of data. Right. And all of them do about 80 percent of the same. You know, they're they're in common. And it's usually that 20 percent that you don't know about or think that you need or don't need that is really the gotcha. And then trying to figure out which one of those tools are the ones that actually are actually going to fit my mode and how I do it, Perfect. you know, yeah. and just understanding all that. Of course you can go to the university of YouTube and binge on 150 <laughs> hours worth of videos on it, but no, that is, uh, you know, almost a waste of a lot of people's yeah. time. Let's talk a little bit about your one big tip. And I, you know, I love this tip because it's actually, you know, it's a, it actually turns, you know, the whole model on the head. You're not just, you know, what a lot of people do is like, okay, I got the knowledge so let me sell it. Right. And right. that's fine. But usually that, uh, you know, maybe, you know, these coaches, they overvalue themselves. You don't necessarily know if their information that they're teaching is five, six years old, that probably laws have changed since then, you know, all kinds of, uh, other, there are all kinds of pitfalls that you can get into when you're talking to coaches and you're trying to pick a mentor or pick a group that you can, you know, that can help you out with. But one of the interesting things that, that you talk about is to actually teach, you know, don't just go and sell, just teach, you know, show people that, uh, 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 show people what you're doing and how to do it. How does that look in your world? How has that helped you, you know, like starting up from being just an individual investor, buying one or two homes to actually building a business where, where you now have, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of students under your belt. How does that look? You know, um, the first thing I told myself when it comes to, to sales when I uh, kind of, after the crash of 2008, kind of resurrected or restructured my business, I told myself, Danny, there's one thing you're not good at, and that's sales, right? I don't think I'm a good salesperson. I don't think I'm a horrible one, but I don't think I'm a very good one. And I knew that I'm not the person who will cold call or telemarket or it's just not me, right? Not my personality, not the, not myself, how I would do, I would never last. And also I would uh, probably give up very quickly on those methods. So I asked myself, what can I do differently that will help me propel my business? And the one thing I noticed over the years of being in the U.S. is that when you are teaching, 
and when I when I am teaching or someone is teaching and standing in front of the room and sharing their knowledge and coming across not as sleazy salespeople but truly authentic, knowledgeable, experienced with flaws, right? Speaker or sort or a reliable source of information, people gravitate to that. And for me, watching it from the side, the different events that I attended and different few of the events that I've done myself, I was like, I was very you know, um, attracted to that concept. And the one thing I've done is I started hosting events, free events, cost events. The, you know, obviously over time it transitioned more and more to online. And um, and I would just be there in front of the room teaching. And I told myself, you will teach. People will see that you're knowledgeable. People will understand you're not trying to, to BS anyone. And they naturally will come and want to be attracted to working with you. And that's exactly what happened. So I just had, I call it, I had to turn the table. I knew that if I'm going to be in a power position, people who are going to want to come to the power power in, in terms of, you know, in the aspect of knowledge, people will come to me instead of me chasing them. And there's no better way to work with potential clients and clients when they are coming to you, want to work with you instead of you chasing them. That's a completely the opposite how, you know, a traditional sales process works. And that works. I've been doing it for, 20 years, right, or so. So mainly for the past 12, you know, 12, 13, 14 years is when everything accelerated even more. And that's exactly, and that led me still is the leading factor as a business owner. How do I turn the table? How do I attract people coming to me and not, I'm not a chaser, right? If you don't want to work with me, I am not going to follow up and follow up and call. It's not going to happen. It Also, it needs to, everything needs to come from you. That's the way I perceive it. You know, I love that story. There was a, one thing that comes to mind. I read from uh, the first time I read The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And one of the most interesting passages in the book is he asked, what is the definition of an expert? Right. And everyone goes like, ah, someone with a PhD, someone with this, someone with that. 10 years of experience, five years of experience. You're all wrong. Right. The definition of an expert is someone who knows 1% more than everyone else in the room. That's it. If you get up and you decide and you tell people with conviction, I know how to do this. Here's how to do it. Step one, two, three. That's it. You're the expert. Boom. And what happens is that that is so true. Right. And it also, you know, it, it also creates this aura. It creates this confidence for us to get up and talk to other people in order to, you know, in order to help them. And that confidence becomes infectious right? Not just for stroking your own ego, but for helping out other people as well. You know, one of the cool things, you know, that you know, one of the greatest deeds that we can do in this world is not just to like, give someone money, but to actually teach someone how to fish, right? Absolutely. And that, it, and that is so powerful. Absolutely. Um, uh, uh, tell me a little bit about, you, you know, like when you have a student come in, you know, let's say for example, they have little to no experience in this how do you help them through it? Is it, is it through more online videos? Is it, is it one-on-one? What are some of the modalities that you use in order to help people, you know, achieve the success and, you know, get the right training under their belt? So the way we operate is more, and I think this is what differentiates my business versus, you know, some online academy is that we are very much um, execution uh, oriented and we have a lot of systems and processes in place. So I have, you know, before I had my first client, I already had the CRM. I already had, you know, initial systems and processes in place. And there was not a single client who were already walking those, those steps, right? 
of course, over the years, I've improved and improved and nonstop, right? I am improving as we speak. I'm doing some improvements, right? So that, that never stops. But I always thought from day one, not how well just I'm going to get the first client. What is the client experience going to look like? Experience in terms of the journey that they're going to, I'm going to walk them through. So we do a lot of handholding in the process. Part of that handholding is, you know, on us, the way we handle the client. Some of the handholding is how the teams that we bring carefully vet and train teams bring into our ecosystem do part of that you know handholding so there's a lot of one-on-one -on -one, uh, how we go about it. it's not an automated process i know it's you know there's limitation of scalability but you know the people who come to us they need that level of handholding someone needs really hugging someone needs to just to know that i'm, I'm in the area to ask me a question so there's a it's a scale right not everybody's exactly the same in terms of how much handholding but I've, I've had people that I feel like we are hanging through the process. You know, for example, should I sign the document with a uh, blue pen or a black pen, right? Even that question, you know, came up, like, luckily, very rarely, but it did come up. You know, what's interesting, I, you know, I remember getting those kind of questions as well. You know, and you almost want to call it, you know, at first you want to like, God, why am I sitting here answering these elementary questions, <laughs> right? But, you know, there actually is a thought process behind them, right? You know, it's like people want to do good. They, you, you, I remember right. when I first got my real estate, uh, my mortgage broker license, didn't get the real estate one, I got a mortgage broker license. My first deal, right? You know, I went to a broker, got signed up under them and I'm like, okay, you know, he's like, okay, go out and go find something. My first deal was my brother's refinance, right? You can't lose. Like, you know, my brother's not going to say no right? Interest rates were already dipping down. Right. It was like, right. it was in the bag. I managed to mess that thing up at least four or five times. I had to go, I had to go back multiple times just to get the, just to get the contract signed. Yeah. And it was like, oh my God, you know, like there is a fair level of detail that goes on over here, you know, especially when you're talking about six, seven figures worth of, uh, you know, worth of transactions, you don't mm -hmm. want to mess this up, which is Absolutely. why Having a coach is so important, right? right? Yeah. You want to have someone by your side. Again, you can go to the university YouTube and you can look all this stuff up, but you know, how do you know that you're getting the right stuff and how do you it's know not. that this person's teaching, you know, actual up-to-date uh, things? Yeah. So uh, Danny, thank you so much for, uh, uh, for sharing that. One last thing I wanted to ask you though, what are some of the, what are some of the wins that you've gotten for some of your students, your clients? Like, how does, are you know, like once you got the, like once they go through your process, they go through your training, you know, like what, uh, what are some of the really cool things you've seen your students do afterwards? Um, the, the, I think what, what I love to see most is, you know, I work with a lot of individuals and, and couples and when they are coming first, they're full from this process, from buying remotely. Many of them, most of my clients don't even see their house ever. They're never going to see their house. It's all done 100% remotely, although they definitely can go and see. They choose not to, right, uh, for whatever reason. And what I love seeing is about two years in, after they purchased their first one or two properties, it's a, it's a big, big aha moment because all of a sudden, two years in, they get to really comprehend or process or internalize what has been done, what has been accomplished financially in the past two years, because it, it, two years show like one or two properties have appreciated a little bit and the mortgage balance, you know, kind of reduced a little bit and the cash flow, you know, add up all of a sudden in the background of their lives while having jobs, while having kids, 
you know, while doing while doing live, they've been they've been able to accumulate twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars pretty passively, right? I'm saying pretty passively because it's not buy and forget. This is not 100% passive, but relatively to the amount of time and energy that they put in, this has been accomplished. And I was asking, how long does it take you to save, not to earn, to save $40,000 in your life, right? And that's a, that's a good question for people to, to kind of think about because many of us earn well, but saving $40,000, I'm just using that number, is very challenging. And what happens in those two years Although it's almost always like in that two-year mark, they're like, huh, what the heck had just happened here? Kind of in the background of my life. And now what happens to them is they are re-strategizing consciously or subconsciously their life finances, right? Their full life finances saying, if this is what happened in two years, I need more of this. Because where else can I get that in the background of my life without making a little, you know, too much effort? And then I see them coming and say, okay, I get now I really get it because I see what I've been, what financially was accomplished. I want more. I want more. I want more. And many times, you know, five, seven, eight, ten years later, they're saying, I should have bought more. I should have started earlier. Right. That's almost always the, the mantra that keeps repeating itself. I love it, Danny. Thank you so much for sharing that. Can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about your company and how can they reach out to you directly? So, uh, so Jeff, my, my web identity is simply do it. Simply do it. This is you, you write simply do it on real estate, Danny online. You will either hit our Facebook page, our YouTube page, um, our website. So no problem. Just remember simply do it. That'll be the easiest way to go about it. Uh, our website is simply do it.net. Simply do it.net. You're most welcome to reach out. Uh, and, you know, ask for advice. We also work, with, you know, sometimes work with business owners in real estate that are seeking advice on the operation of the business and not necessarily the actual investing. So I think this is more relevant for your audience. Amazing. Danny, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you breaking down these concepts for us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Toda. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. 
And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.